hello <laughs> again. Should we do that? Yeah, redo it. Okay, okay, okay. Hi, I'm Clyde. And I'm Michelle. Oh my god. Okay, wait. <laughs> and okay. I'm Michelle. Ja <laughs> and I'm and, and I'm, I'm Michelle. Michelle. And you're listening to You Speak Good You Speak. You speak, speak good, good English. English podcast about da, 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 the Asian American experience. We're two Asian American college students just trying to figure out our identities. And we have a lot to say. So Michelle, we've been thinking about doing this for a while now. It's been a good two years. And we're finally doing it. So, we hope you, the listeners, will also contribute to this conversation as well. So, stick around. This is the first episode, take 158. You do not know how many times we've re-recorded this. <laughs> of, of our podcast, You Speak Good English. So, on today's episode, we're going to be explaining more about this podcast while we're doing it and also go into how we met. If I remember correctly, we first met through the same piano teacher. We did. Um, that was... A very long time ago. <laughs> not that, 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 not that we're old. Yeah, so we actually just finished our first year in college. I go to school on the East Coast. And, and Clay... I remained here on the West Coast. Yeah. But we're both from the Bay Area, so mm -hmm. we're Bay Area born and raised. But yeah, so... Throughout this whole season, we're going to be delving into our experiences in college, mm -hmm. what it's like as an Asian American in college and yeah. in this sort of political time. So. Yeah. Um, I'd like, I guess, our listeners to know that we're both, well, I'm Chinese American. Yeah, I'm also Chinese American, but I also have Burmese culture influences. So we're both East Asian, so we don't know too much about every ethnicity i guess under the asian umbrella <laughs> i guess that's a term but we have our own experiences and we want to discuss that we want to discuss all the social stigma or stereotypes that come with it and yeah so like we said we both met each other about would you say a decade ago that i would say that's like a decade ago Wow. Sorry for I that car, no. by the way. We're, like, on the side of the road right now, and it's <laughs> a really kind of sketchy setup we have right here, but we're just going to roll with it. Continue. <laughs> yeah, so we met each other a decade ago, but the same piano teacher, and I just remember seeing Michelle, like, at piano recitals, or sometimes our lessons would be, like, after each other's, and I'll, like, see a glimpse of her. But, I don't know, I don't think I had, like, an opinion on you. I was just like, oh, that's, that's that girl <laughs> I recognize. One thing I do remember were you and your sisters, because you guys all looked alike. I do not think, so <laughs> I have two too. sisters, and I don't think we look alike at all. You do. <laughs> I mean, well, very anyways. similar. But I do remember, it would be one of you guys were with our piano teacher at oh, lessons yeah. and then the others would be sitting at her dining table waiting for the yeah, other one you doing know. her kumon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't know what kumon is kumon oh, is like God. this asian i don't know what is it like mathematics like, academic health it's like, yeah we could get into that and, and during another episode but i Me actually too. started kumon about the same time i started playing the piano like four years old but yeah anyways back to piano we would yeah always have 
piano lessons kind of coinciding or if not we would see each other at recitals mm-hmm. because our piano teacher really liked to have recitals and stuff yeah so that's how we both met and we became friends in high school i think it was our sophomore year yeah in um journalism class mm-hmm. from there we have had many projects i think we're both very like project oriented or like we both really like taking on passion projects and this podcast has been um, a child of ours for a little bit and we started we actually started like an introduction episode once um we just never like picked it up again the reason why we're doing this now actually two years later because we thought of this idea during our junior year of high school and we wanted to make this a whole big thing, a really research-based uh, podcast. Like, This American Life, Kyra yeah. Glass. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, we've definitely been thinking about this project for mm-hmm. a really long time, and I think now is a good time in our life, or lives to really go through uh-huh. with it. Especially because being Asian-American is practically our identity, <laughs> Um much of it, if not all of it, um, and after, I think, a year of college, you kind of start questioning where you are in this world, like, leaving our community of, I'd say, an Asian-dominant community, and going off into, well, for her, more of the world, but for me, like, just a little bit outside of the bubble was a very, like, interesting experience, and a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> we could talk about that. So back to the whole piano thing, we wanted to do a whole like kind of first episode about piano lessons and its place in Asian and Asian American culture. So for you personally, was piano an expectation from your family or was it a personal interest? No, it's purely like my mom. She... So she wanted to play piano when she was younger, but she never got the opportunity to do so. So she was always like, oh, when I have kids, I want my kid to like play piano. And like she actually started teaching me first before I went to piano lessons. Like she like basic stuff. So I'd learn about, I think when I was like four. But yeah, very much my mom's choice and not my dad's. Did you ever want to quit? I went through a phase. I think all kids go through this phase because especially with classical music, it's hard to make kids like that. I agree. Yeah. I think for me, um, it was a pretty similar story Mm -hmm. where my mom also had some background in piano, like very, very minimal, but she always wanted to be able to play. So when I was in preschool, she signed me up for piano lessons through my preschool, then moved on to another piano teacher in the city, and then she moved me on to this piano teacher that we both Mm -hmm. shared. So it was very methodical in the whole Asian-American typical piano lessons experience. Mm -hmm. If you talk to a lot of Asian-Americans, you'll probably find that they've played an instrument at least once at a young age. And I want to, like, make a point that a lot of this is based on stereotypes, but also we do come from, like I said, again, like a very Asian-American-dominated community where, like, a lot of our peers were Asian-American and a lot, of, a lot of them played, like, piano or, if not, violin. But, yeah, you brought up the question, which was, like, have I ever wanted to quit? 
and I remember distinctly in fifth grade, I really, really wanted to play the violin. Fourth grade, sorry. Really wanted to play the violin so badly that I boycotted piano. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the way my mom, like, regulated my piano playing was, like, she'd sit there and, like, watch me play. I, I always thought that all parents did that because she knew how like to play like simple melodies and stuff so she could like follow along and like be like you missed a note but she'd sit there and and I boycott basically for a good few weeks like I would play and then all of a sudden I'd stop and I could pretend to play the violin <laughs> I was such a dramatic child I wanted to quit because I wanted to play a different instrument and then how did that end up? I got to play the other instrument, tried playing both at the same time, couldn't really handle it, stopped playing violin, and we returned back to piano by, like, seventh grade. And then by then, yeah. do you think you enjoyed piano more, or was it more of, like, a defeat of not being able to play violin and piano at the same time, and then resorting back to piano as just an instrument? Honestly, I don't think I ever fully enjoyed playing the piano. I think until like in high school when I like stopped playing piano and I missed it. I don't think I ever like when I was younger was like, oh my god, this is so fun. I want to play <laughs> this all the time. No, I was like dreading like practicing every day. I think when you get to points during like a piece of music and you actually know how to play it, it's like enjoyable. But that like learning curve was so like, I hated it so badly. Like I was lazy and I didn't want to put in the work. I don't know. How about you? I keep on saying I have a similar experience, but I, yeah. I kind of do because of course, yeah. I do remember, I remember vividly having a two-week period where I just was rethinking my life. This was like in... Um, rethinking my life. <laughs> I mean, rethinking my, in my life in terms of piano. I think oh, yeah. I was in, oh wow, I want to say fourth grade too. And I remember this two-week period of just saying to myself, do I want to keep on doing piano? Like, I was actually considering to quit. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I after those two weeks, I just got out of that hole. Don't know what that what brought it on, but before those two weeks, I was pretty indifferent to piano. Like, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I did love the whole technicality of hmm. playing piano, and I loved reading the notes and stuff, but it wasn't so like a love for me. And that also brings up like our differences in personality. I hated the technicality, I hated churning, whatever his name is, but I was like into like the performance of it, like using that pedal. But yeah, I think like after those two weeks I just continued playing and I think I fell more in love with it and I found different aspects of piano to enjoy. But it never got to a point where, oh, I really want to do this for the rest of my life. No, yeah, same. I was very indifferent, I think, for most of my piano education. And then I think it also goes into the method of piano lessons in mm -hmm. the Bay Area. Because yeah. what a lot of students go through is, especially Asian American students, is going through the whole exam process. Oh my god, yes. So if you don't know, um, there are two main piano exams. One is called the CM, which is Certificate of Merit. It's a California music exam that's mm -hmm. just all of California, and they have different branches everywhere. That's what I did. Um, what Clyde did was different. I believe it's called ABRSM. It was British, yeah. It was British. Uh, I think it was actually international. 
the way I would distinguish it, it was is like it's more like like not formal, but it's more like fancier. Like all of my graders or like proctors were like British, so they'd have a an English accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but similar, obviously similar, like contents, like sight reading, um, which is like where you you're given like a piece of music and you play it and you've never seen that before. Um, and like you have your pieces or your like repertoire, and then your scales. I'm skipping that scales, arpeggios. I think just in a general sense, yeah. piano exams were an expected thing for you to complete every oh, single yeah. year. I think there's definitely like a goal. Sorry, I'm talking over you, but like there's definitely like a goal-oriented aspect to the way we were raised or we were taught to play piano. Right. And um, this also goes back into the whole um, model minority context because I think the thing that you brought up was the piano exams being a goal-oriented program goes into model minority of trying to be the successful student and trying to have all these accomplishments down the line so that when you reach high school, you can get into a good college. When you (laughs) get into a good college, you can you know, get a good job, make lots of money. That's pretty much the immigrant success story that a lot Mm. of um, Asian American families, or just Asian families in general, uh, strive to be. Yeah. But yeah, back to to piano. So in high school was when I got to the higher levels. Um, So for CM, what I did, it went from level 1 to level 10. And then from level 8 to level 10, I did the piano convention. So piano conventions where like all the branches in California would come together in one conference annually and they would have students perform and stuff and I think that I really enjoyed that because it gave me validation for all the work I was doing for piano and I didn't do that much work for piano (laughs) but I did enjoy being validated for all the years I put into sticking with this Mm -hmm. instrument and I think when I completed piano, when I completed all the levels, I received my certificate and all that stuff. That was my sophomore year of high school. I did feel accomplished, and I really yeah. enjoyed that I completed it. I don't know how you feel about that. So for ABRSM, I'm sure we had like a similar thing, but I don't think it was ever good enough. But I really wasn't like amazing at it. I mean, I also ended up like finishing all my levels. The top level was, like, level 8. And that was... The thing was, like, at that moment, also around sophomore year, that was kind of, like, the end of the road for me, from what I could see. And, like, after that, there's, like, no more levels. Like, I wasn't pursuing it as, like, a career. I wasn't doing any competitions. So I think I kind of also felt like there was no need to play anymore, even though, like, I think the gift of, like, learning how to play piano is that you can play forever. <laughs> like, you can play for the rest of your life. And I don't think I recognized that, and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I quit. Um, I think after playing p- piano uh, for so many years, both of us did enjoy classical music, and we, we enjoy yeah. different styles of yeah. more traditional music and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I think even though, like, I know both of us don't really play much as much as before, or if not at all, like, I haven't played this summer, 
I still enjoy it. I just want to pursue other things in mm-hmm. life right now before yeah. I go back to it. Um, because it'll always be there. The skills that we learned throughout all those years are still going to stick with us. Oh, speaking yeah. of which, who's your favorite composer? Who's my favorite composer? That mine. Um, I'm a sucker for, like, Nocturne by Chopin. Mm. Chopin? Chopin? No one ever told me how to say this correctly. Chopin, right? Chopin? I would always hear different things. So me too. But, like, I think that's the one, like, I'm really into, like, the romantic period. I really like, I think, like, my favorite composer to play was Beethoven. Oh that's so cliche, dun, but dun, dun, dun. just because if you ever played Beethoven's music, his pieces are always dramatic. Yeah. And they're always require either a fortissimo or mm-hmm. mezzo forte or, like, pianissimo. And you would just have to... Twist. Yeah, you would have to go all over the keyboard and play mm-hmm. either Albert E. Bass. But I know he has like a lot of just loud, robust music, and I love the whole robust feeling. I don't know. <laughs> I just it just makes me feel like I'm playing something important, playing something yeah, yeah, exciting, very performance worthy. No, yeah, I, I will, like, my go-to would be, like, just a nice little nocturne. Like, I can't play Claire de Lune, it just puts me to sleep. That's Dave, you see? (laughs) 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 No, but I would prefer playing that over Beethoven. Again, that's, it just shows our (laughs) contrast in personalities. Actually, yesterday we were talking um, and we were comparing our Myers-Briggs tests, and <laughs> mine is a, I think mine is a, what was it, ESTJ? Yeah, the opposite of me, except I'm, I'm apparently also an extrovert, which I disagree with now. ENFP, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. I actually say you're an extrovert. Okay, well, that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, so we're pretty much opposite. We've also had past discussions about this before. Like late nights, talking, analyzing our personalities. Because um, we love psychology and Freud and... Psychoanalysis. Yes. But, yeah, God. so maybe in another episode we can talk about personalities and just characteristics of... Asian the ideal is, yeah. Passivity is also a big thing in the Asian American Indeed. experience. I, bringing it back to the piano thing, I actually had a question for you. Like I said, I have two younger sisters, and my mom has put us all three into piano and into music. And I've always wondered what is, like, the best way, not that I want to be a mom anytime soon, <laughs> but what is the best way to approach it as a parent? Because I think... Learning piano is a very, like, it's a great skill. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful for my mom for doing that. But my one of my younger sisters has quit even before her sophomore year. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. But then you're, like, also all that wasted time. Or is it a waste? Is it right for the parent to be pushing the kid through it? I think it's a very Asian-American immigrant or non-immigrant way to raise a kid like pushing your kids to do something or towards right. something that's a good question actually so my mom never pushed me to do piano 
I think she pushed me in her own way. Like she would always tell me, "Oh, you know, you can quit if you want to, but she I always gave me, but um, <laughs> oh, okay. that you, you know, you complete all these years. Like, why don't you just complete it? At least in my upbringing, it is different from yours. My mom was definitely more lenient. She was definitely more caring about my well-being and my interests and happiness and stuff. Um, of course, she was more traditional in the sense that she wasn't more open to other ideas and she only knew more of what was stereotypically successful mm-hmm. and what That's also interests. true. Why don't Asian American moms or parents push their kids to play like the drums? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, yeah, keep going. Into but that, to answer your question about what's the best parenting, I, my answer is I don't know because while I do agree that kids do need that time to grow and learn what their interests yeah. are, I do believe that they need some sort of push yeah. because at least for me, I knew if I didn't have the push from my mom and I didn't mm-hmm. complete piano, I would have regretted it. Oh, and for sure. that's oh definitely my, yeah. my experience with Chinese school because I used to go to Chinese school, but I quit in eighth grade because I wanted to quit. But now that I look back at it, I wish I had continued and actually paid attention in Chinese school. Yeah. So kids can't really make their own decisions. I have to say that. I don't mean to villainize my mom. I love her, and she she cared about me. I think all of that comes from, like, love. I think she's, because she's, she has three kids, she's definitely, like, done different things. I think, like, she's gotten way more lenient. She's allowed my sister to quit. And, like, I think she would have allowed me to. I think, I really don't remember what, you know how you said your mom said but? I think my mom has definitely said that. Too. I think a lot of me pushing through was also my own interest in it because, like, I did like it at some points, even though most of it was indifferent. Um, there's so much gray area, like, there is no right or wrong way to, to teach your kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes into, I think, stereotypes of Asian American kids growing up, um, either if you're from an immigrant family, if you're a first generation where your parents are both immigrants, more so actually, I think, do you think that, like, of course, piano's like a stereotypically Asian thing to do, but why do you think that is, and why do you think all these stereotypes of Asians being good at math and, you know, Playing playing piano, playing violin, all these things... Going into STEM, why do you think that's such a big thing, and why do you think it's continuing to be a thing? I think it just goes back to, like, what's practical and what's useful. I think more so than other instruments, piano, at least, like, traditionally and, like, in a classical sense, like, has had the most success, I guess. I don't know, part of me also thinks it's, like, an accomplishment thing. Like, I'd always recall, like, my mom and feeling like, oh, so-and-so is uh, at a level seven. What are you doing? <laughs> or, like, I remember that like, too. like, there's, like, definitely, like, a competitiveness to it. But I really don't know. I wish we did more research into, like, kind of, like, the history of, piano in China or in the Asian countries would be interesting to look into because 
like I said before, like, no, nah, nah, my mom would never push me into, like, playing drums or, like, the guitar. And then classical music is also a very traditional thing. Like, I didn't play jazz piano. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> I think our piano teacher tried to incorporate more contemporary and more yeah, um, modern age music, but even those pieces were traditional. Yeah, I remember... When they like when I was like done done and like I went back a few times. The last thing I ever did was try to improvise. Mm-hmm. I had been so used to like like this is what you're supposed to play and like I think um that's also a detriment to playing classical music for so long is that you lose mm-hmm. the sense of improvisation and you lose the creativity that goes yeah. that goes into music as an art form. And I did jazz band in eighth grade, and then I also did it in my junior year of high school. And if I compare the practices and compare the teaching methodology between that and my piano lessons, Mm -hmm. it's drastically different because those jazz band classes were really improv-based. It was very loose, not much structure at all. And of course, they're two different styles of music, so you can't really apply the same sort of teaching to both. But I do feel more of a free kind of spirit in jazz band than yeah. classical. And I think it is a benefit in those sort of genres in, in a sense. But mm-hmm. I do agree that playing classical music and having our piano mm-hmm. teacher teach us in such a technical classical way does produce results because yeah. in jazz band, it didn't really get me anywhere that much. I mean, I was just told to improvise and do all these these things, and I had to learn on my own. And learning on your own can only take you so far if you know nothing about it. I think there was definitely, like, a right and a wrong to playing classical music. It has such a rich history also. Like, so many people have interpreted, like, a Beethoven sonata. Like, there's, like, little room for creativity if, if, you, if you have to play it, like, a certain way. But yeah, so that was our experience with piano and Mm -hmm. pretty much how we met and everything. So I think next episode we'll go more into more Asian American experiences, more of our childhood. And in further episodes, we'll go into more of the history of Asian American experience Mm -hmm. and what it is today. So we hope this was a very nice and light episode because the topics we want to talk about are going to be a little bit more heavier but i don't know i think there's also some funny instances of the asian american experience um that we will discuss about so thanks for listening yeah speak good english um again this is michelle and this is clady and we'll see you next month bye